Welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller. Here with Julian Alvarez, the founder of Logics Board. Welcome to Chattanooga, Julian. Thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure. So you were in Miami, a part of Techstars. We were. Uh, tell me a little bit about Logics Board. What, what are you wanting to do with this business? Yeah, sure. So look, really fundamentally, we believe that the world of international freight and freight forwarding is changing really quickly. There's obviously been a lot of change brought up by some of the digital players, Flexport, Freight Hub, et cetera. Our goal here is to help the entire industry modernize as well. So we help traditional freight forwarding companies uh, deliver better technology by leveraging our application as a tool with which to do so. Uh, really empowering freight forwarders to offer better solutions to their customer base. So you, how did you get into the business? It's kind of a funny story. I, I had started a couple companies before this and I actually was living with my brother at the time. He worked at a really large freight forwarding company called Pilot Freight Services. And I saw him constantly sending emails, phone calls, Excel tables to his customer base for them to know where their shipments were. Um, and I really felt that they needed to be better technology there. Um, so pretty soon thereafter, we incorporated, we started the company from scratch, and we've been at it ever since, about 2017. Got it. So a couple of years, you've raised some uh, capital? Yeah. We raised about $5 million uh, from venture groups in Boston, California, and Seattle. Correct. And you moved the businesses from Miami to Seattle. Yeah, we did. Uh, I, I would argue that's not, I wouldn't have chosen that. I mean, the weather in Miami... Yeah. Uh, to Seattle. You know, the weather in Miami is fascinating, and funny enough, there's a lot of freight forwarding companies. So there's about 10,000 freight uh -huh. forwarders in Florida. Wow. Um, but we got accepted into Techstars program, which gave us a really big lift. Uh, we went to Seattle in February of last year, and I started hiring people immediately. So we started hiring engineers from Amazon, uh, getting really accustomed to kind of the market there. There was a ton of talent and a really big intersection between tech talent and logistics. Got it. As you know, in Seattle, there's Amazon, uh -huh. uh, there's Expeditors, there's Convoy, and then there's a ton of tech it, startups as well. So it it's kind of like a great Miami intersection. Miami would be a great, would have been a great place with all the forwarding community that's there. Yeah, you know, Miami's a really strong ecosystem. Uh, I think if we had wanted to start a logistics company, a pure logistics-enabled play, Miami would have been a great spot for us. But Seattle really offered kind of that amazing tech talent to build an enterprise software company. Yeah, it's also, uh, I mean, from a fundraising capital standpoint, yeah. Miami's not much of a, it's not a mecca of capital. Yeah, it's, yeah, certainly. So we spent the first couple of years in Miami. We did not raise a lot of venture from Miami. It mm -hmm. was really when we went through Techstars and were in Seattle that we were able to raise venture successfully. So we yeah. raised a round of venture. Uh, about uh, yeah, August or September of last year, and that was us being in Seattle already. It's it's much easier when you're uh, in the the West Coast cities, Seattle, San Francisco, or New York, Boston, sure. uh, and then maybe Austin, Texas yeah. as well, to be able to raise venture fund. But it's very difficult. We started this business. Freightway started in Dallas, Fort Worth. Okay, and you would think it's the fourth largest metroplex in, in the entire United States. You sure. think that venture capital would be readily available, but it was, it was actually quite difficult. I imagine Miami would have been much the same. You know, M Miami is, is growing as a city. There's different venture players there. For us, it was definitely more easy to raise venture being in the West Coast. Yeah. To your point, I think if you can position yourself in any of those five cities, Bay Area, Seattle, Boston, New York, and perhaps Austin, uh, maybe Utah nowadays, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly easier to raise venture. There's just so much demand there. Uh, 
that it makes it easy to kind of position yourself to so get a, an, an investment that way. What's the business plan? What is the goal with Logic Sport? What are you guys hoping to accomplish? Sure. So look, the freight forwarding industry is kind of fascinating. There's hundreds of thousands of players, really fragmented market. And there's a ton of these back office kind of uh, systems of record in this space. They house all the data. They manage the workflow internally for the freight forwarding you know, operation. Those systems are pretty antiquated. They've fallen behind in terms of what the experience should be, what UI should be, not modern cloud systems. So essentially what we're doing here is integrating to a lot of the different back office systems. Uh, some of the players in the space are CargoWise, Descartes, Magaya, et cetera and we're modernizing the solutions that they offer to the end user, so essentially shippers. We're targeting freight forwarding companies, providing them better technology for them to offer to their specific customer base. So it's a pure platform play, uh, really helping to lift up the entire ecosystem to offer better solutions to shippers globally, and freight forwarders should be the companies that offer those solutions. So you want to empower the freight forwarders, exactly. and you want to help them digitize their systems. Correct. Because now they're going up with companies that are venture-backed, sure. and well-capitalized, like Flexport and sure. others, that are bringing a different spin on technology, sure. and your goal is to help empower those companies so that they can compete. Sure. Yeah, look, it's, it's actually pretty fascinating. There's really three problems that we're solving for. One is the entire disruption factor, right? Flexport comes to market, uh, Freight Hub, Nowports, all of these different digital platforms, you know, di digitally enabled freight forwarding companies. Then the giants start changing as well. So DB Schenker, Cuninago, all of these companies are investing heavily in technology, kind of trying to disrupt. We help the rest of the market protect themselves against that. So how can they set ahead of the digitalization curve? That's one. Second, Freight forwarding companies have really low margins. They spend a ton of money in customer success. Supporting customers, because that processes a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, we basically say, look, you don't have to spend that much money supporting customers because you're going to provide visibility for them in an online solution. It's, it's uh, exception management, essentially, yeah, is correct. when a shipment exactly. has been uh, somewhere along the supply chain, the freight chain exactly. that has been disrupted yeah. between carriers, between modes, sure. all of that is, it's, you know, international particularly, you know, there's just dozens of people that have potentially touched that shipment. Yeah, exactly. So what, what we're doing here is basically integrating to different systems, centralizing that data in one unique place, and helping freight forwarding companies provide better visibility and better workflow solutions to their customers. Um, it really allows them to better serve their customers, make them more sticky, increase revenue, but also optimize internally when you don't have to have your people answering phone calls or emails because customers already know what's happening. That drives significant efficiency. Now, how big is the team? Right now, we are 13 people, uh, 13 with the majority based out of Seattle. And plan mostly engineering, is that a lot yeah, of Yeah, correct, mostly yeah. engineering. Uh, plan to expand pretty quickly. Uh, we're actually building out an operation in South America right now to complement the engineering team, and then the bulk of the company will be based in Seattle. Is it in Colombia? Uh, actually, Colombia and Argentina. Okay, got it. Yeah, you know, your, uh, your family, you have a Colum Colombian heritage. Yeah, our, uh, our family is Colombian, exactly. Yeah, do you, do you spend much time uh, looking at the shipments from Latin America? Sure. Or Sure. So, you know, funny enough, uh, one of our first customers was actually one of the largest freight forwarding operations out of Colombia. Okay. Um, so when we first started the business, uh, I actually relocated there. 
Moved there, I spent about a year being inside of a freight forwarding company, learning the business, understanding the pain points. So that kind of brought me back to, to my roots. It was you know, a really neat process. I hadn't been to Colombia in a while, and going back, kind of living in that culture and understanding freight forwarding from that perspective then was Bogota? pretty unique. Yeah. Yeah, Bogota. I, I've not been to Bogota. I have been to Colombia. is one of the most beautiful countries uh, in, the, in the world. It actually, it, parts of Colombia remind me of East Tennessee with the mountains. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. You, you're here today, but it, it, normally it's green or certain times of the year. Sure. But the lush jungles of Colombia is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. It's pretty interesting. It's also gone through its own boom mm -hmm. in terms of technology. Yeah. Uh, Rappi is out of Colombia. They, you know, recently raised about a billion dollars in venture. Uh, Lifted is a player there. They're kind of making the same play as Convoy, but Latin America. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty fascinating ecosystem. Uh, we try to leverage it as much as we can. It's got great talent. Now, as, you're, as you shifted from Miami to Seattle, did your customer focus shift as well? Yeah. No, look, right now we're, freight forwarding, as you know, is international. So we are serving customers right now in the U.S., in the Caribbean, in South America, in Australia, in Europe. We really focus uh, across the globe to serve freight forwarding companies. More than anything, we focus specifically on what uh, freight management systems they have internally. So but is it, as you think of the world of freight forwarding, because there's a lot of particularly in-country specialists sure. where, where certain forwarders are really good, in certain trade lanes, sure. um, is there is there an area that you're seeing emerge or uh, 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 from a customer demand standpoint that's interesting to you guys? Sure. Look, anybody that has to that has to deliver quickly, I think fast fashion has a really interesting niche there. Uh, anybody that requires shipments and requires a lot of visibility is is pretty key for us. What we've really seen is freight forwarding companies that want to stay ahead of digitalization no matter where they are in the mm -hmm. world. Uh, what we've done here is really focused and been completely data agnostic. So we're agnostic to what data you have underlying, we're agnostic to what method of transportation you choose. We try to make a solution that's really flexible and adjusts uh, to the need of every freight forwarding company. Um, and the goal yeah. is to eliminate human touches inside the transaction, right? Yeah. Look, the goal for us is to help freight forwarders deliver better workflow and a better experience. Uh, fundamentally, freight forwarding companies will still need uh, to rely on people to maintain those relationships and to execute a lot of the back end. We'll help try to automate as many of those processes. Uh, but the idea here is to relocate people that are doing really menial tasks in terms of customer facing to activities that add more value for these companies. Yeah, sure, and they can grow without adding, having to add human bodies. Yeah, correct. And they're gonna be forced to. I mean, in this environment where digitization is certainly a hot topic. Sure. Uh, and companies are, you know, it's not just the innovators that are invested in technology, sure. but as you mentioned, the largest and biggest companies are also doing it. Sure. So there's going to be compression and competition from the top and sure. also sort of these outside entrants. Uh, it's important for forwarders to get ahead of that, I sure. would imagine. Look, that, that's typically how disruption works, right? You have a new player coming to market that was Flexport and some of the other online freight forwarding companies, then you have the massive companies investing tens of millions of dollars to build out their own solutions. Fundamentally, we believe that freight forwarding companies shouldn't build their own technology. A lot of this is leverage SaaS providers in the market to help you get up to speed. That's kind of the, the niche that we're playing in and the problem that we're trying to solve, but definitely freight forwarding companies need to stay ahead of that curve 
But more than that is understand the power of going digital. This is a big play to help them increase margins, but also increase revenue. It shouldn't just be a protective mechanism. It should be also using technology to better your operation internally. Yeah, most freight companies, their DNA is not in digital. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, there is a very clear delineation between uh, you know, companies that have a digital understanding, whether it's UI, UX, sure. how to integrate those things and make them scalable versus legacy companies who are involved in moving freight. Sure. And, and frankly, a lot of times those projects don't, they're significant cost centers. Sure. Uh, and so they, they hurt margins or profitability in the short term. Sure. And they're pretty big bets sure. versus buying something that's off the shelf built sure. for them. Sure, absolutely. It's actually a really interesting point there. Part of the reason for us raising venture was to invest heavily into product, but also customer success. Uh, as you mentioned, it's a big bet for these companies. There's change management there. There's different things that they have to adjust for. So we position ourselves not just as a SaaS platform, but as a digital partner for freight forwarding companies. When we work with new customers, we're in there trying to get them up to speed with digital. A lot of that management we help with. Uh, that's kind of the value that venture gives you. It allows you to be really nitty-gritty with your customer in those rollouts. What are you hearing or seeing in the venture community right now as you go talk to investors? Sure. Um, are you seeing that uh, investors are taking a much more discriminating eye at unit economics? Sure. Or have we seen the WeWork effect to the market? Do you sure. Think? Yeah, no, definitely. I think there's a really big shift towards profitability in the venture community or at least not just completely throwing money to capture customers without thinking of how you build a scalable business model in the long term. Logistics as a whole has changed uh, you know, a ton, probably in the last three to four years. It first started with this wave of digital-enabled companies that kind of found some arbitrage in the market. Right? Mm -hmm. They were able to raise at uh, technology multiples being logistics companies with logistics revenues. I think investors have understood that and now are changing more towards the SaaS you know, play, yeah. uh, where the multiples are much better, the, the margins are much better as well. So I see a lot of demand in the market from investors for tools that can help bring up to speed the rest of the market because it's, it's a massive ecosystem. You know, it strikes me that uh, the companies that were in that sort of 2015 to 2018 cycle, maybe even you know, first half of 19, sure. were very, very fortunate from a timing standpoint sure. uh, because unit economics were not a concern. It was this mass, sort of the story of this massive market, sure. give us capital and we'll go out and attack it. And now we're in a different market yeah. where it, it is all about unit economics sure. and recurring revenue, and that's that's critical to investor theses. But the issue is, you know, whether we're talking about Convoy, Flexport, or others, they've already gotten capital, so they've gotten that uh, escape velocity in their businesses. Sure. So they're going to be competitive threats. Sure, absolutely. It's going to make it more difficult for others. But now what's happened is they've put the markets on notice. Sure, and everyone else has to respond to that. Yeah. That, 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 that is typically what I, what I tell everybody as well. It's a pretty interesting dynamic, but online freight forwarding companies have raised you know, maybe $2 billion in venture. They have less than 1% of the market. Yeah. If they grow to be the most successful businesses in the freight forwarding ecosystem, they might have 3%. The rest of the market, which is 97% of a couple trillion dollar market, will have to come up to speed with technology. But even these online freight forwarders, I don't know if you saw this, but Flexport laid off 50 people uh, last week. 
just because you raise money doesn't mean that you can go kind of full throttle without thinking about unit economics and scale. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because we also have had uh, to change, slightly change our focus. Sure. Where in the old days, and old days being four months ago, um, <laughs> you got full Just credit, you got a tech multiple on anything. Yep. And now when we went out uh, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it, it's very clear that the direction is towards unit economics. Sure as it relates to recurring revenue. And sure. that's what the focus is, is, is that you're not going to get tech multiples on stuff that isn't truly uh, something that has uh, defensible recurring revenues. Sure. I, so I, I completely agree. We're seeing the same thing in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, revenue is important, but at the end of the day, unit economics and building a scalable model is, is really crucial to investors. There's There's been a lot of big companies that have raised significant venture in other markets that have kind of flopped in the yep. public markets, or like we were, not been able to go public and taking massive hits. The math just doesn't work. I think at it's, this point, yeah, it, math is pretty certainly. important. Julian, from your perspective, we have a little, actually have, and I know this because uh, VCs reach out, they watch the show. Sure. We have a, a number of venture capitalists that watch the show, believe it or not, and they'll reach out and say, "Can we make an introduction to such and such company? What would you like venture capitalists uh, to know that may be tuning in about your company?" Sure. Look, I think for us. Um, it's, it's a really important thing to mention. This is a massive market. Online freight forwarders will take a percentage of that market and they'll be successful, but more than anything, they're changing the end user's expectations. So companies like Logix Board, which are coming to market to help the incumbents, kind of that incumbent 98% of the market in, in a trillion dollar space, those are even better bets for you. There's better margins there, better multiples, and better plays across the board. Uh, the second thing, uh, and I think you and I would, would share this, data here is re you know, really critical. So getting behind teams that have a really good understanding of data and what to do with it is, is pretty critical as well. All these companies are sitting on piles of data that they have not been able to extract value out of, and that's a play that we're focusing on here is how can we help companies leverage their data to make better decisions. Well, best of luck with, with the thank business. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate thanks that. for coming to chat. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, we'd love to. When you go back to Colombia, we, we want the invite. Please, it's, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Have I have not been in many, many years. Uh, we'll really appreciate coming at full speed ahead. Uh, for thank those for out there, if you haven't got your tickets to Freightways Live, it does come out in early May, so it's not too far away. It is the event bringing in the freight tech industry, the decision makers, the innovators, the venture capitalists. They're all going to be there. I had somebody this morning that told me they raised a, a, a large round of funding because they were at Freightways Live and actually sourced their investor from there. So it's a great opportunity to connect with investors and customers at Freightways Live. Also, be sure to get the Freightways TV app. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Android phones. You can also get it on Apple TV. That's how I prefer to watch it. It's really, really awesome to be able to sit down on the weekend and dive into the stories around freight. Also, check out our live stream. We'll see you soon. <laughs>